beyond the, the aspect of allowing brands to create immersive experiences for the consumers, because at the core of it is, is that, right? If it's a 3D virtual environment. I think it, it, it's giving the opportunities for brands to be, um, to be present in a virtual world, just like they are in a physical world, right? So again, going back to Decentraland, if you can create your own space, if you can create your own virtual, virtual world, you can have people sort of walking into your, your store, walking into your factory and start interacting with an avatar of your, of your employee, of your phone of staff. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of CX Insider. In today's episode, Greg and I talk to Benoit, Chief Experience Officer at Merkel. You've been asking for a Metaverse episode for some time and finally here it is. We will cover all things Metaverse, business opportunities and consumer insights this virtual world can offer. Enjoy the episode and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch shorts, chapters, bonus content and more. By the way, this podcast was brought to you by ACF Technologies, global leaders in customer experience management solutions. Hello, Benoan. Thank you so much for coming today. No, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you both. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we usually we usually start by doing an introduction of the guest. So would uh -huh. you like to tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I'm um, my current role is Chief Experience Officer. So it's a mouthful for Merkle at, um, uh, in, 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 in London for the UK and the EMEA market. And we own by a, a larger media group um, called Densu, which is a Japanese, Japanese group. Um, and essentially what Merkle does is, is customer experience. We specialize in customer experience. So that's my sort of remit. I look at it from a, from a holistic perspective um, and try to sort of um, instill uh, consumer-centric approach into into the, the the companies that we work with basically into the culture um so that's my current role and i've i've always sort of worked in a, in a digital industry i started off as a as a contractor when flash was still a thing so i was building and designing website in in flash and then i had um for a while i had a, my own sort of creative agency for four or five years and um and moved around a bit but um yeah so it's been Probably 17, 18 years now that I'm in the industry, so. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. What was it like having your own agency? Stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite stressful. It was fun. I think there, there's, um, there's positives. You, you, you're your own boss to start with, so you sort of make your own, your own schedule. But beyond that, it's um, you, you, you sort of, you know, you have to go and get the clients yourself. You do, you, you wear multiple hats, which I actually really like, because I was the sales guy, I was the, the, the manager or the creative director. Um, and then you can start to see the, the team growing and the, the current portfolio growing. So no, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it though. It's fun. And I, I did it in Barcelona, so it's, it's a great setup. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah, how many years did you do it in Barcelona? Or you lived in... So I, I, I started, so I finished my, my studies. I moved to London uh, for a couple of years and then moved to, to Barcelona seven, seven or eight years which originally was supposed to be a year. And then I ended up sort of staying, building the agency. And um, and then I moved back to London because I've always had a, London is home for me, so. Really? Yeah. Cool, that is cool. <laughs> nice. what, what about um, like customer experience? Like, why do you work in that space? Are you passionate about that for a particular reason or? Um, I am, so I'm passionate. I kind of fell into that by default because mm -hmm. originally my idea was to really be in, in advertising, like sort of in a traditional sense. 
Um, and then when I finished school, the only projects that I was getting was sort of, you know, designing websites and or, or small e-commerce shops. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll give it a try. And um, by the time UX was in, was in what it is today, CX was in what it is today. Um, and, and so I, I, and I sort of started really, really enjoying it. And then, you know, it got, it got more user centric, more, more data driven, more content centric, et cetera. So it became, um, it, it became really a, a passion. And I think for me, it's, the reason why it's interesting is it, it's at, um, it's a nice cross between technology brand and, um, and, and sort of data and experience, right? So um, I'm, 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 I, I love this space. Last year, Facebook changed its name to Meta, and Mark Zuckerberg published over an hour-long explainer video of his vision of the Metaverse. Soon after, the Metaverse search interest on Google skyrocketed. Everyone was curious whether it's really as promising as it sounds. Is it really worth investing? Will we all live and work in the Metaverse at some point? Let's start from the basics, because at the moment, even defining the Metaverse is quite tricky. We don't really know what the metaverse will be. Obviously, there was this big announcement from Facebook, and they, they they're going all out. I think they're investing about in 2021. They they put 20 uh, sorry 10 billion into developing the metaverse in one year, and and I think this is going to be a, a continuous investment. So we'll see what what it becomes. But I think for the time being, what we know is that it's um essentially it's a it's a 3D uh, virtual world, right? So, but it has different layers. So you have the visual layer. You could almost think of it as two layers. You have the visual layer, which is your um, virtual reality, three um, D immersive environment. Uh, there's various platforms that already exist. Like Fort, although Fortnite is is questionable, but I, I, from my perspective, I wouldn't necessarily call it the metaverse. You have Roblox. Um, you have Decentraland that a lot of people are talking about at the moment. Um, and yeah, and so it, and there's the ownership side of things. So in, in the metaverse, you can sort of own, um, your, your data, your own certain assets, like your piece of land, your own, your avatar, that's, that's yours, right? Um, so but from a visual layer is very much about this sort of immersive experience So you can create. And if you think about Instagram, all these sort of social media platform, they haven't really evolved the last few years. Sure. They've added features. But from an experience standpoint, the, the, the visual layer remains the same. I think where the metaverse becomes interesting is that it's it's going to start challenging people to think more broader. And it's probably the reason why we don't know what it is, because we have a natural, as human beings, we have a natural instinct of recreating what we know in the real world, but in the metaverse. And I think as things evolve, we're going to get more and more creative. This is a great, it's a great space for creativity and innovation. And then underneath that, you have all the um, more the, the currency, the transactional aspects. So that has to do with blockchain uh, and all those sort of led, what we call ledger uh, technologies. And, um, and and that sort of gives access to, to people. Um, um, so they own essentially, their, they, they can own virtual goods um, into, in, into that space. And so that opens an, a whole different sort of um, world. But I think from... Um, for me, what's interesting is that it, um, and there's a vision about the metaverse, which at the moment, everything is very siloed, right? So you have Decentraland, you have Roblox, you have all these sort of different spaces um, that we call the metaverse today. 
but you can't really navigate from one space to another. You can, if you own something in Decentraland, you can't, it's not the same thing as owning something in Roblox. And I think eventually the vision is that you'll be able to sort of navigate from one world to another and, um, and exchange assets and exchange, um, um, you know, money, NFTs, etc., into from one world to another. You might have heard names like Decentraland or Sandbox. These are some of the metaverse platforms. And at the moment, there are more than 160 companies building the metaverse. So how are all these worlds different? At, at the core of all of it is uh, communities, right? It's all about creating those, those communities. Um, I think that the main difference between these communities and, uh, and, and say a social media community is that in those communities, you kind of, um, you're not relying on, on somebody else. You're not relying on a, on a platform. You can create your own channels, right? So on Fortnite, Fortnite, like I said before, I sort of question whether this is really the metaverse. It feels more like you're still web two, um, web two kind of platform is very much like as a, it's a game slash, um, social, um, social network. Um, Roblox is very much sort of like, it's the same. It's the sort of the, those virtual world where you sort of create communities and, and, and play within those, those, um, those virtual world. Decentraland is, that's the one that a lot of people are talking about. You, you can create and actually buy, um, your own piece of land and, and build a virtual store. This is where the likes of Burberry and, and, and other, um, fashion and luxury brand have started sort of create their, their own, um, their own space, you can advertise on, on those spaces. So it's it's much more of a, um, yeah, I suppose a, a, a real estate um, platform almost. You also have Sandbox, which is also aimed to become um, this sort of, you know, virtual space where people can hang out and, and, and just go and chat to your, to your friends. Um, and then the other one was, I don't know, we talked about Fortnite, Roblox, Decentraland. Yeah, I think those those are sort of like they 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 also differ. There's Discord as well, which is very much uh, that's a that's almost like a, a a chat social platform. It's very much about you know you create your I don't know if you've ever downloaded on your on your phone, but you create your own channel about a specific topic, and then you can invite people to sort of discuss and exchange, etc. So it's very I guess the main difference. I would say between what we call today the metaverse and the and the rest of the digital world, the other social media platform is that the metaverse is very much user centric, right? As opposed to maybe social media feels a lot more brand centric, right? So you have in in on a social media platform, you pay for your ad, it get displayed and shown to people. Um, in in the metaverse or in those platforms, it's much more about the people rather than the, than, than the brand itself. So you're going to get called out if you, if you talk about certain things and, and brands have to sort of think about this differently in terms of how they approach that space, right? And in terms of really thinking about your audience and, and who you're targeting and how you're going to get um, your message across. There are two schools of thought. The first one believes the metaverse should be a regulated space to ensure security of the users and create a stable social place. The other one is against any regulations. What are the pros and cons of both? I think it's it's that question of how do you um, govern the ungovernable almost, you know, it's 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 tricky. I think there's um, legislations have always been behind 
technology because technology moves so fast and especially in 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 today's age like things are, are changing and evolving really really fast and so you've always had legislation trying to sort of catch up right we're seeing it with what happened a couple of years ago with facebook and when they um the whole thing with was it analytica or something like that yeah. um and so you know legislators trying to sort of work out how to um essentially control those, those sort of big social media platform better and we still i don't think we still we're still there and they're still sort of discussing it so there's definitely no at the moment there's definitely no regulation there is you know there is um there's i think there's two schools of thoughts right there, there's obviously the the the, the companies that today own people's data, the government that can sort of, you know, tr track and, 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 you know, understand a bit better what's happening on social media platform, who from their perspective, obviously may think that it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a risk of not having any legislation. I'm sure parts of, of users that are in metaverse are enjoying that because the whole purpose of the metaverse is that it's decentralized, right? And if the, 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 I suppose the core um, message of, the, of being decentralized is that it's not internet, like internet is owned by the likes of Google, uh, Facebook, Apple. Like you have, if you want to download an app, you have to use Google um, Play Store or Apple Apple, um, Apple Store, et cetera. If you want to look for something, you go through Google. The whole purpose of the metaverse is that you create your own space, you create your own your own environment, you're not relying on any on any technology, right? So obviously those people feel like it's it's uh, and those people. The, the, this this audience feels like it's um it's the right thing to do. I think it 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 really depends. I think that if if we want to talk about risks, um for me there's three risks. Three risks. But it's um whether there'll be legislation or not, I don't know. There's the the data slash data privacy aspect right so if there's no regulation how do you well how do you protect your own your own data and how do you protect your own your own privacy in that respect i don't know if the likes of gdpr would event will eventually um, apply to to the metaverse again those are things that are that are i'm not even sure if they're being discussed i'm sure they are but you know th those are things that, that that don't apply yet to the metaverse so that's the first thing um the other thing is is about transaction so when you talk about NFTs, um, we, we're talking about, in some cases, millions, you know, thousands, if not millions worth of dollars um, of artwork that are sold as, as NFTs. So those are huge sum that in, in the real world, you have, um, you have laws, like you have ownership laws, right? Like if you own, if you buy something, if you buy a piece of artwork, um, you, you not only own a piece of artwork, but in some instances you can own the intellectual property. Uh, you may or may not, but in some instances you can. So how do you regulate that in a, in a metaverse? This is currently, you, you own an NFT, right? You pay millions for, or thousands of millions for an NFTs, and, and an NFT is a, is a single, essentially it's a, it's a unique piece of data that's not replicable, right? So it's this concept of scarcity. Um, but then how do you regulate ownership, right? It's, it's, there's no regulation, there's no government behind it. So that's, that's one risk. So more on the transactional side. And then the last one is, um, it's a bit green, but it's, you know, the, what happens if an, uh, your avatar gets abused, you know, in whatever shape or form by another avatar, does that, 
does that consist of you know breaking the law or or is it is it acceptable because it's virtual so all these things we don't know because it's, it's all sort of being being created as as we speak i think for me the the it, it can't rely on just the government and it can't rely just on the technology company so both government and technology company will have to work together whether they'll they'll be doing it that's another question but because we're seeing it with with the the likes of meta and their their sub brands but yeah i think it's a it's a big it's a big topic and it's definitely something that that's being asked um on, on a regular basis yeah and if you, you really interesting point there because if you think about the metaverse is obviously this web 3.0 virtual world we have to access it from the physical world mm -hmm. to access it we need something yeah you can't just access it effectively without anything so whether that's devices like you say oculus or or other devices there's going to be a layer in between yeah. the human being and the virtual world so right. there's going to be governance on some yeah yeah it's i think you can access it through you'll be able and today through apps on yeah. on your phone or whatever the mobile phone becomes like you said vr vr glasses yeah. but also ar glasses that will look like just just like these you know yeah. and interesting Going back to Meta's vision of the metaverse, the idea is to create a virtual space where people can socialize, network, exchange value, go to the office, parties, concerts. It sounds quite futuristic. So at what stage is the metaverse right now? So I think to, if you look at it today, it's um, investment, right? So you have kids that are investing in, in crypto. I think what the now it's much more, and I'm not going to get into too much because that's not a topic of today and neither am I a specialist, but you, you look at 2008 and the crisis, now the market is, is more regulated, but I think what it showed a lot of people, I think it was in Cyprus, for example, where they, they were, the country was, was obviously like, like a lot of the rest of the world wasn't doing well and um, don't quote me on this, but I think it was something like for any saving above 100,000, Basically, the government took, took, took them out to refund the, the, the economy. So people realized that that money wasn't theirs, right? And so I think what the metaverse does or those cryptocurrency does is that this, this it's, again, this is another thing that's not regulated at all. And so what people realized that that money could be theirs, right? And so they, they, you have 70 years old, 17, 18, 20, whatever, whatever the age or, or older that are investing in crypto because they, they're seeing that whatever happens to the financial market, this will still be there, theirs, right? Even though crypto went, went down last year, this is a long, this is a long-term game. So the first impact I think it has in, in, in our everyday life is investment. Um, then I think there's the, the creative aspect of it, because I think it opens from a creativity and innovation perspective. If you, um, I think it impacts everyone. If you, if you're a user, if you are a brand, if you are, um, um, like, like us in professional services, I think it, it opens up a, a, a whole new a whole new world in terms of communities. It's a big it's a big thing. I mean, a lot of those um, I'm going to drop the the, the 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 G word, the Gen Z Gen Z generation. They're all they're hanging out on Roblox much more than they're hanging out on on Instagram, and they they're definitely no longer in on on Facebook. So, I think in that sense, from a creative standpoint, uh, from a community standpoint, from a um uh transactional investment standpoint that's that's how it's in impacting uh, today's life um there are ways i think you also you also see there's there's a lot of you start seeing digital showrooms so during for example during the pandemic um we 
for for a brand for um, a computer brand we created a digital showroom right because all their stores were was closed and so we we essentially recreated a, a digital environment virtual environment where people could sort of try um laptops and computers to sort of see how how it was working you know how, how they were working the specification etc as a way of of helping people to um not touch physically, but you know, to sort of see the the, the product. Um, I think we've done that with cars, car resellers as well. So again, during the pandemic, when people couldn't see uh, see wanted to buy a car but couldn't see the car, so we created those digital showroom, those sort of vir product uh, virtual product finders. There are, and again, this is where it comes to what is the metaverse today. There's different ways you can think of the metaverse and different different ways i think it already exists today so you have like i just said those those showroom which um impact more the, the commerce side of things you have new reward programs that are that are being created around nfts whereas before it was maybe more something that had to do with points um you have those like i just mentioned those virtual product uh where you know watch brands i've started using those a lot where you could sort of try your um, your watch from your from your laptop. You have those virtual trials for makeup brands, beauty brands, where you can try your um, lipstick, nail polish, etc. So um, I think today today this is sort of where you can see it impacting our lives. You also see um, we've worked with brands where we use augmented reality, right? Which is essentially bringing, like I said before, virtual um, elements into the come to life into the digital world into the physical world sorry so we use that in 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 media in advertising so those are sort of like the the two days um activation of the metaverse i think tomorrow uh again we don't know but i i, I do i think that those sort of virtual environment where you can hang out will be will become more more common like i said before i think um um glasses you know small glasses will will make a comeback i think um snapchat and google tried and it was it was a, a failure but as the adoption is is bec becoming more democratized i suppose with the likes of you know you're seeing how tesla has changed the the elect the sort of car industry i think those things ev eventually will come back and, and and facebook is or meta is working on on a set of, of glasses. Apple is working on a set of, of glasses as well. So I think this is more, and I said, I said longer term, it's probably like in the next five years. Um, but yeah, I think this is, this is where it's going. In any new technology space, I always have this underlying feeling that Apple are just going to dominate. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what anyone else does. Yeah, yeah. But it you know, it's like one day they're just going to appear yeah. with like the best electric car at their own metaverse that completely yeah. is everyone else. Yeah, yeah. But I think, and that's so just like my it. take on it. I. Yeah. I think the reason why Meta is trying to is putting so much money into the metaverse yeah. is that at the moment they 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 don't own the hardware they just own the the, the software right so if you want to if you want to get onto the platform and mostly is I can't remember the percentage of people that are using their app right their, their mobile app so they have to go through Apple mm -hmm. right and um, the Apple the App Store sorry yeah. to to download the the app they they rely on Apple the reason why I think they, they, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why they want to go into the metaverse beyond the fact that none of, you know, we talked about Gen Z is to sort of grab that, that market because Instagram, uh, Facebook isn't so attractive to them. They've mm -hmm. moved already to TikTok. Is also one of the reasons I think is also to sort of have this hardware 
um, ownership and be able to create and be reliant just on themselves and essentially create their, their, their own world. It's hard to see a world where we do spend hours a day in this virtual world. Mm -hmm. But if you look at, especially the younger generation now, mm -hmm. they already spend hours a day on social media. Mm -hmm. So in some respects, I know it's different, but in other respects, do you think we're that far away from like, especially, yeah, certain generations being able to easily dive into that world? It's a lot more attractive, I think, for a 16 or 17 year old to almost be whatever they want to be in the in the metaverse, right? From a, from an avatar to interact with their friends than having to, you know, the world is going through a weird time. So, you know, with the, the economic crisis, the um, cost of living to some extent, I mean, we're not, we're, we're not um, living that war, but the, the war in the, in the middle of, of Europe. So I think it's, it has, a, it has an attractive side to it to sort of be able to escape and, and create create your own world, you know, live in an environment that's, you know, where, you, where that's unmoderated, where you can sort of talk to, to all your friends, where you can, I don't know, I, I, I don't think we're very far. I do think that it's not for, for everyone, right? I, I don't see myself being, and that's, I'm, I, I love talking about it. I love, I love working on it, but I don't see myself, you know, spending hours and hours. And so I have a daughter, so I'd never be able to. <laughs> <Not possible>. no. <laughs> Until she's old enough. Yeah. <laughs> she'll she'll probably old. teach me how that <laughs> works. <Yeah. laughs> when the metaverse becomes an everyday go-to platform, how will this new virtual channel coexist with all the other web platforms and the physical world? So it's like when digital started, right? Like yeah. people, or we're afraid that digital will re replace physical. It, it never replaced physical and will, will never replace physical. Ne neither will the metaverse or the, the virtual space. It's just a different aspect. It's just a different layer of solving challenges, right? Or solving problems. And so I call it the next unified frontier, which is uh, digital, physical, virtual. And I think brands will have to, to think about how to connect those, those three spaces. One thing that's for sure that's here to stay is this aspect of um, people wanting, wanting, wanting it to be seamless and connected, right? So I want to be able to sort of move um, seamlessly from the physical space to the digital, to my digital devices, to, to a virtual space. At the moment, as you know, we're doing a lot of progress, but if I think about it, I, I think digital is still very much, it feels a bit siloed from, from sometimes some of the physical experiences I'm, that I'm, that I'm experiencing, right? So I think one of the next challenges for brand, whether it's B2C or B2B, will be to find a way to make those connections um, as, as smooth as, as possible between those sort of three three areas. Well, you can call it tri triple O, which is online, offline, on-chain. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's, there's loads of benefit, but I don't think you'll ever replace the physical world. There are many companies entering the metaverse right now, mostly luxurious brands like Gucci, Balenciaga, Burberry, but also Coca-Cola and others. What are they getting out of it, other than awareness? If, if your brief is, how do I enter the metaverse, or, or I want to enter the metaverse, it's probably, a t it's not a good brief, right? So I, I think you need, you need to have a problem to solve for, for your brand, whether, whether you're B2B or B2C, you need to have a reason why you want to enter the this space. So whether it's from a, a brand awareness perspective, it's, it's a it's a it's a new market like that you wanna that you wanna explore. It's um you, it, you know it could be it could be anything. It really depends. Again, it goes back to having 
what is the challenge that you want to do you want to to solve and what problems are you trying to solve with by entering the metaverse um but like i said i think at the moment it's it's much more of a, a brand awareness sort of um play that it is a um, a profit game, right? Because from a commerce perspective, the metaverse is, is still in its infancy. Um, but from a brand awareness st standpoint, we're seeing a lot of things. From a B2B, pure B2B perspective, this is where I think it gets interesting because you can, you know, if you want it to be a more uh, transparent company, you could have you could have your, your suppliers visit your, your factory and where your, your products are made and you could have them navigate through um, through your factory and get educational content. So I think, um, yeah, I think there's there's different reason why you would um, enter the, the 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 metaverse. Another reason I think is beyond the the aspect of allowing brands to create immersive experiences for their consumers, because at the core of it is is that right. If it's a three D virtual environment, I think it, it it's giving the opportunities for brands to be um to be present in a virtual world just like they are in a physical world right so again going back to decentraland if you can create your own space if you can create your own virtual virtual world you can have people sort of walking into your your store walking into your factory and start interacting with an avatar of your of your employee of your phone of staff you know i mean it it sounds it sounds crazy but some you know it's it's another Again, like I said before, it's another layer of, of the experience. And I think, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people, especially the younger generation, will, um, you know, will enjoy, will enjoy that. I did, um, I did the other day, I was, I was, um, I did a talk and we're talking about the B2B audience and how it's changing. And I can't remember what the, the numbers were, but there's a huge number of, of Gen Z and younger millennial, right? Because millennial is, is a, I think the older millennial have 41 or 41 42 mm -hmm. so it's yeah. but more the younger millennial and gen z in in five in five years that they, they represent a huge um portion of the of the b2b um, um you know uh, workforce and so those are people who are what we call digital native so they, they were born with a device in in their hand they know they're on those platforms today so they expect brands to um you know to be there to be there in the space and and i think you have to you can't think of the metaverse as being something that's just a trend. You have, I think you have to get ahead and you have to invest, even if it's like everything else, there's always going to be a test and learn phase. Mm -hmm. So don't go and create your, um, you know, your metaverse department right away. Just like when social media started, there was no social media manager in companies. Mm -hmm. So they, they've employed agencies to sort of help them dab into this world and 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 it's again it's a test and learn approach right so i think my recommendation is have a similar approach go work with an agency of of your choice and um and test that that space to see what you know i suppose educate yourself about the space understand why should your brand be in that space and and how to maximize th this space right and what and really what problem are you trying to solve because if you just again if you just if your brief is i want my brand to be in the metaverse that's not that's not a very good brief at the moment do we have any data insights on user behavior in these platforms if you think about the metaverse 
at the heart of it is so it's creativity and innovation, right? And, and at the heart of all of this sits data. So there's a ton, brands are collecting a, a ton of data around, around that. Think about the, the amount of interactions, the amount of transactions through NFT, crypto, et cetera. Um, the, you know, and that's across various worlds. So there, there's a ton of data that's being collected. You have a lot of data-driven companies like Adidas, who's who's been entering the the, the metaverse world very early on, Balenciaga, and then it's followed by, I think Disney is also a brand that that's sort of um, trying to obviously create those virtual um, um, Disney worlds. No pun intended. Um, and so the, you know, it's it's more. I think it requires a sort of big, um, um, uh, you know, integrate clap platform platforms behind it to sort of churn that data and know what to do with that data. And I'm sure those companies have have a ton. Um, if if you think about the the metaverse, and so that's the same thing for digital and the social media platform. It's all content driven, right? It, the, at the heart of everything is content. So, how do you personalize? How do you sort of target? Um, your audience better in terms of content. There's technologies out there like artificial intelligence, all these technologies that sort of help help you mm-hmm. um, um, tailor those experiences using 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 data. Yeah. Um, you know, helping. So metaverse at the moment, the biggest market for metaverse is gaming. Obviously, I think it's seventy percent of of the of the of the amount of sales is gaming and and. The rest is has a lot to do with live events, live concert, etc. Um, but you know, so all these platforms are, are leveraging data to sort of help uh, enhance automation in in, in a gaming platform. Um, but there's a ton, there, there's there's a ton of data that's being collected. There's high quality data. There's decentralized data. There's reusable um, reusable data. Um, I think by twenty twenty four. Bloomberg said that the metaverse as we know it today will be an $800 billion industry. So imagine the number of transaction, the number of user interaction. Um, so data everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. The risk on the, to, to go back to your question, on the, on the, on the risk side of, of things, I think it's, it's what we said before, right? There's, there's no regulation, n- neither in terms of, of, of transaction or, or data privacy or anything like that. So, it's it's a big um, it's a big question mark. It it, it is all designed to be decentralized and yeah. therefore anonymous yeah. in its nature. So we could quite easily see, and you can see it today. You can enter the metaverse, and no one has any idea who you are, and there is no means of identifying you as an individual. So mm-hmm. if you do good or you do bad, mm-hmm. that's for uh, for us to yet see how that plays out. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So and then yeah, that's just that clink, uh, connecting it back. Sorry to to what you said there about data and risk. But yeah. One of the the challenges and also the opportunities is that anonymous, anonymous uh, element of of people's existence in that world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's. Um, we'll have to see, but I think it's. Yeah, it's all. It's it's in. I think it's a very interesting um, shift in 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 where the the web is going. It's it's a massive shift. It's definitely going to be. Um, you know, a, a, a big difference with what we know today, but I think with with every big technological shift comes um, challenges, and and legislation is 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 one of them. So we'll have to see. But I think from a brand, if I put my um, customer experience hat on, I think from a brand perspective, it, it, and and from a user perspective, 
um, because again, the metaverse is very much a, a people first space. Um, I think it could be really exciting. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of things we could do. I hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. From now on, all of our episodes will be published as video. So make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Enjoy rapid fire questions and I will see you in two weeks. By the way, this podcast was brought to you by ACF Technologies, global leaders in customer experience management solutions. My first question is, what's your spirit animal? <laughs> uh, panda. Next one. Yeah. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda or regular panda? <laughs> regular panda. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you read most recently? Uh, I I read really sort of boring stuff. I read like business books and like kind of things. So I I I I think the last one I read was I think it was how how to set up a startup. So I can't remember what the what the the author was. But yeah, is there a dessert you don't like? Ooh, uh, probably not. I'm a big foodie though. I tra- <laughs> I travel based on what kind of food I'm gonna I'm gonna eat. Cool. And what is one goal you are determined to achieve in your lifetime? That's a good question. Um, oh, I wanna, oh, uh, you need a rapid an- answer for this. <laughs> one goal I want to I wanna be able to achieve. It's a small question, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say, well, maybe, maybe travel, I mean, travel to more countries because with, um, I, I, we used to, with my wife, and we used to travel a lot and I have to say we kind of stopped. So I'd, I'd love if mm-hmm. we could do, travel the world would be, would be a, a, a good goal. I know it's, 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 um, it's not very original, but that's, yeah. yeah. That. She will be happy to hear Yeah. <laughs>